Morning. Glad to see you guys here. I pray that you guys had a great week. Uh, we're in the full swing of all the Christmas activities, so uh, I need you guys to vote because we haven't done this yet. Who has the best lights? Is it the night light at Charleston? Nobody's been to see Christmas lights? Okay. All right. Bunch of Scrooges. All right. We just grew up going to the Toledo Zoo uh, lights, and they were fantastic. So we're looking for a good, a good place to go to uh, see Christmas lights. I, I guess the one in Charleston is supposed to be really good. Um, you guys have been posting really good pictures, so uh, busted. I, I know you guys have been there. So, all right. So uh, uh, a couple things. Tonight is Jingle Jam. Super excited. Uh, we are maxed out, okay? We, we are fitting the max amount of people we can in here. So a couple things you guys need to help us with. Number one, if you are physically able, please park in the Baptist Convention, Convention parking lot and walk over. Number two, we can have no seats open. Uh, so squeeze into the people you don't know or the people you don't like. It's Christmas. It's required. Um, so, and I think that, oh, registration, it might take a little bit to get through. So just be patient. Okay. So we are going to have a great night tonight. I can't, I can't wait to, uh, to experience Jingle Jam for, for my first time. So I'm excited. So Last week, we started a series that was called Overjoyed, and, and we really touched on things in our lives that just, they just don't bring us joy, but they bring us past joy. Like, like they, they get us overjoyed. We're overjoyed about things. And I share with you a story about, uh, um, about what, what I get joyful over and some of the things I get overjoyed uh, for. So we're going to do an exercise. So everyone's got a stretch, no one pulling their backs. All right. So I'll give you 60 seconds. You need to turn to somebody you didn't ride with and tell them what gives you joy. And they're going to tell you what gives them joy back. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one, go. So hopefully you guys got a good idea of what your neighbor, what brings them joy. So next time they have a crummy day, you know how to cheer them up. See, it's, it's, a, a, it's a constructive exercise. Um, what brings me joy is cherry pie. So um, just FYI. And I'm having a pretty crummy day today. So I'm not. I'm actually in a really good mood today. So, uh, but no, it's weird what, what brings us joy. And isn't it, isn't it unique how uh, things bring joy to, to you or to the person you talk to? And to you, like, I never would have thought of that. I never would have thought that that would bring somebody joy. And so that's what we're talking about. This uh, series is we're talking about the wise men. The wise men found joy in a journey that took probably over a couple years. 12 months to 18 months is the estimation. The, the wise men found joy in a journey. We don't do that. 
We, we, we get angry if we have to drive 45 minutes. We, we, we just don't like the joy in the journey and we can't find that. Well, well, when we talk about it, the wise men, they found the joy in the journey. They found where it was and the journey wasn't where the joy was found. It was what was at the end of their journey and that was Jesus Christ. So the wise men found joy in their journey, and, and uh, so we're going to kind of recap last week. And, and so my challenge to you, if you guys are new, I challenge you every week to do something. The last week I challenged you to do two things. Number one was if you are struggling to find joy in your journey, just narrow your search. You're looking in places that maybe joy uh, doesn't really uh, show itself very well. Maybe you're just, you're, your search is so wide that you get exhausted by the journey. And when you do experience joy, you just can't, you can't enjoy it. So narrow your search because the one place that you should always go to for joy is Jesus Christ. So narrow your search. If you're looking in places and you're just struggling because you can't find joy, let's narrow it. Let's focus on Jesus Christ. And the second challenge that I gave you is we all have trouble. We do. And a lot of times we let the trouble steal our joy. We add, that actually happens more, more often than not. We, we let our troubles steal our joy. So last week I challenged you to deny trouble access to your joy. Don't even give them a, a seat. D deny trouble and access to steal your joy. And so I pray that you guys uh, took those challenges uh, serious and you guys uh, had some quiet time and, and looked into it and, and narrowed your search and just uh, kicked trouble out of your house and just experienced joy this past week. So when we talked about the wise men, they, took, they started on their journey and King Herod, he, he really didn't know where the birthplace was, but they knew the star was going to lead them there. And when the star led them there, uh, biblical scholars believe that it says in scripture, they took him to a house. So if it took him to a house, then baby Jesus was probably uh, about a year old, if not a little, little older. And so the wise men showed up and they did a couple things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what the wise men did when they showed up. And so today it's the joy of giving. And that's what we're talking about today is the joy of giving. And I know as, an, a, as a parent, the older I get, the more I like to give. Is anybody with me? The older I, I get, the, the more I like to give. I love watching my kids experience joy. I love watching my kids open presents on their birthday or, or uh, during Christmas time. I'm that parent that I will sit there and I will just watch. My kids call me creepy. That's not it. That's not it. But I do, I'll sit in a corner and I'll watch my kids open presents and, and they'll stack the presents up beside me. They're like, dad, open something. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on you. You know, I, I want to see you experience joy because I love giving my kids gifts. Well, in scripture, it says, it is more blessed to give than receive. Acts 20, verse 35. Now, as parents, like I said, we love giving gifts. We love giving gifts. We love watching them. And uh, uh, one of the traditions we do in our family is we have three kids and Gracie's the youngest. And what we try to do in our family is throughout the Christmas season, we'll take one of the kids by themselves and then they'll go Christmas shopping for the, their two siblings. And we make it a big thing. We take them out to eat and, and then we take them and they get their Christmas presents and then we take them home. And while the other two are doing something else, we'll wrap the presents together and then we'll put them under the tree. So they, they look at it as they just bought um, presents for their siblings. It's something we, we've always done. 
And it was, uh, it, Gracie was four years old, and um, I remember it was Gracie's day, and we went out to eat, had a great time, and we went and we bought the boys their uh, Christmas presents from Gracie, and we wrapped them, and, uh, you know, having a four-year-old help wrap presents, it took most of the afternoon, and, and uh, so we're sitting there, and, and we got them, I said, oh, go put them under the tree, and Gracie's like, Dad, I want to give you something. And then I was like, you don't need to do that. But Gracie at that age, she would just take random household items and put them in a box. And you guys, you guys have experienced this if you're a parent. And she would, she would take, like the one year she gave me my deodorant. I'm like, it's already mine. It's already used. That's, the thought was there, but the execution wasn't the best. But, and so she's like, dad, I want to give you something. I said, okay. She's like, you need to go out of the room. I was like, okay. So I went out of the room and Gracie wrapped this little box and, and I came in and, and we put him under the tree and, and, and Gracie looked at me and she's like, dad, do you want to open your Christmas present early? I said, Gracie, I'm a responsible adult. Absolutely. <laughs> Give me that thing. I want to open it now. And, and I remember I took it and, and she wrapped it like a four-year-old. And, and I remember I was getting ready to open it. The joy on that little girl's face. I mean, she was just sitting there like, almost clapping with glee, like, Daddy, open it, open it. And I remember I opened it, and I looked, and uh, I guess the, the look on my face kind of startled, startled her a little bit, and I was like, I, I couldn't hide it. I was like, honey, the, the box is empty. And still with the joy look on her face, she's like, oh, no, Dad, I blew kisses in the box and wrapped it for you. Talk about feeling like a jerk. <laughs> I was like, the box is empty. And, and, and she's like, no, Dad, I, I blew kisses in it, and I wrapped it for you. And so when, when I look at that moment, I look at the joy on that little girl's face. She wasn't receiving a thing, but she was giving a gift. And she has so much joy in that. We need to give like a child. We need to give with the joy of a child. And I know a lot of you right now is like, oh no, another sermon on giving. <laughs> Listen to me before we get going. You guys are great givers. We are blessed with you guys in the way you give your time, way you give your effort, way you give your resources, way you give your finances. We are blessed by you. I'm not here today to kick you in the shins and shake you down. That's not it, okay? That's not what we're trying to get at through the message today. You guys are great at giving. We have a student center that's beautiful that is only possible because you guys gave your time, your effort, your resources, we are blessed. So I'm not going to kick you in the shins today, but we are going to answer a question. Why do you give? You guys give, you do. You guys are great at it, but why do you give? Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever asked that question? Do you give out of habit? Maybe you've, something you've done for a while. And I want you to know it's not just finances, it's your time. It's everything that you give. Do you give out of habit? Do you give out of obligation? Maybe you feel like you need to. Do you ever... Give out of guilt? Do you ever give out a necessity? You see a need and you know you need to fill it? Why do you give? And the reason why this is a tough question that we're going to ask today is this. With everything being so easy at the tips of our fingers, we don't even have a chance to think about why we give. We have an automated system that takes out everything without us even looking at it. We have a text to give option that takes 13 seconds. Do you ever ask yourself why I gave? Why do I give? We're going to answer that today. 
And we're going to answer it based on what we learned from the wise men. We're going to look at why the wise men gave. And that's the reason why that I believe that we give. So if you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew. We're going to be in verse 8. And we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit from last week. And it says this, he says, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. 10 says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you see what I see? Oh, that's a song. I didn't even mean that. <laughs> wow, I've been listening to Christmas music way too long. <laughs> Do you notice what I noticed? That's a new Christmas song. Steve, we need to write that. Do you notice what I noticed? Do you notice what I picked out? As soon as... I'm not going to get through this if you guys keep laughing at me. (laughs) But as soon as they showed up to the house, as soon as they saw Jesus Christ, they worshiped. First thing they did. They were tired. They were exhausted. They probably smelled really bad. They were probably very uncomfortable. They were probably very hungry. The wise men were pushed to their limits. And they showed up. And they probably had nothing left. And their first response, seeing Jesus Christ, the little baby, was to fall to their knees in worship. So number one is we give because giving is an act of worship. They fell to their knees and they worshiped the baby Jesus. And then they presented, as the scripture says, their treasures. We give because it's an act of worship. Now, when a lot of people hear the word worship, they think automatically it's music. It's music. Yes, worship is a great way. Music, uh, singing songs of worship is a great way to worship our Heavenly Father. But there's other ways to worship. There's other ways. A lot of people, I know, they, they worship through the way they write poems or they, they write books. They worship that way. Some people, they, they worship through the way they serve Some people, they they love to worship through the way they sing, through the way they play instruments. But giving is an act of worship. And that's what they did. They, They fell to their knees and they saw Jesus Christ. And they were so overwhelmed by the love and by the respect for Jesus, they bowed. There's only one person in in the Bible that you're supposed to bow to, and that was King's. Jesus was the king of kings, and the first response they had was to bow to worship him. Are you, do you still have joy in your worship? The wise men did. They had nothing left. They, they depleted all their energy, all their resources on the journey. They had nothing left. But they found joy in worship. Do you find joy in worship? Do you find joy in worship through everything that you do, that, that you lift up and, and present it to, to, to the Lord as, as a precious gift? Do you find joy in that? If you don't, we need to make some adjustments. Do you see Jesus in the same light that the wise men did? Or do when you look at Jesus, it's just, it's, it's just oh yeah, that was Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. 
Or do you see what the wise men saw? And they saw that Jesus Christ was just as alive then as he was after the crucifixion. And they saw him and, and, and they fell to their knees because they saw Jesus in the light. Do you see Jesus in the light the same way that the wise men do? This is a tough one that I want you guys to think about throughout the course of the, the week this week. Does the beauty of Jesus Christ still take your breath away? Does the beauty of Jesus and what he stands for and what he has always stood for, does it still take your breath away? Because you know when the wise men saw him, they didn't say a word. You know that they saw something that they have been traveling and journeying down for a long time. And it took their breath away. And when it took their breath away, they fell and they worshiped. And a part of their worship was giving. And that's what they did. Because they saw the love and adoration in the eyes of a little child. Number two is we give as an act of worship because it is a sign of our generosity. We serve a God that is a generous God, amen? He truly is. Resources, even people, he puts people in your lives that you know you need. God is a generous God. And that needs to be a part of our worship. We worship as a, as a gift to a generous God. 2 Corinthians 9, 11 says that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Why do we choose to be generous? Is our generosity sincere? Or when we, we, we label ourselves being generous, we're looking for something behind us that we're going to benefit from. You know, when Gracie gave me that gift, she never asked, hey, can I open one of my gifts? She never said, you know what, you open one, now I need to open one. No, she just wanted to give and she was being generous. And so that's what the wise men saw. The wise men saw that, that Jesus was going to give his life. He was going to give everything he had for you so they were going to be generous to him. You know, a lot of people <clears throat> ask about our Haiti missions. A lot of people ask me about it. And, you know, I, I've only been here since July, so I'm trying to, trying to you know, get, figure everything out. And I will tell you this. Our mission in Haiti is phenomenal. Um, there's, they build a school which houses 250 kids. And, and out of the 250 kids, they feed those kids two times a day. And when we look at the school and we looked at what, what Gateway has done to make this school as impactful as it has in Haiti, you know, that's a lot to feed a lot of kids. It's a lot. And then when we do the math and we look at it, we see that there's no way that we can sustain what we're doing for a long period of time. And so we're going to be generous to, to this mission. We're going to be generous to, to this, this, this uh, um, organization in Haiti. We're going to give. We're going to give them so they could feed their kids. So you'll see next couple of weeks that there'll be places to give for that. But we need to be generous because they have not a whole lot of anything. And just like the wise men, the wise men came and they were generous because Jesus Christ was generous to them and was going to be generous. So we give as an act of worship because of generosity. Have you ever looked back and I've done this once or twice, but I made a list of things that God gave me that I did not deserve. I challenge you to do this. 
Maybe you're at work, you're at your desk and you got five minutes or, or maybe you're sitting outside of a, a, a sports practice waiting on your kids. You can even do it on your phone, the little note app. Write down five things that, that you know God has given you that you don't deserve. Write it down and look at that and just sit and just stare at it and you'll realize that our God is a generous God. He's given you every relationship. He's given you your kids. He's given you your breath and your lungs. He's given you the resources, the, the, everything that you have. He is a generous God. And so we need to be too. That is an act of our worshipful giving. So number three is you give as an act of worship. It demonstrates our gratitude. It sounds like a Thanksgiving sermon. It is not. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? Are you, are you thankful for, for things in your life that uh, maybe a lot of other people just kind of, nah, I don't know why you're thankful for that. Well, you're thankful for it because it means something to you. So why are you thankful? We, we give because we're thankful. We want to show gratitude for the things that, that God does provide. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, each of, you, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We give because we just want to be grateful. Have you ever met somebody, a little kid or even an adult, that you're just not grateful for anything? What's that feeling that you have inside of them or inside of you? What's that feeling that you feel? You look at them like, man, they're so ungrateful. Well, did you ever think of this? A lot of people, a lot of kids haven't been taught how to be grateful. A lot of kids haven't been shown how to be grateful. When's the last time you looked at your kids and told them that you will appreciate and you're, and you're lucky and you're not lucky, but you're grateful for them? You're grateful for your kids. When's the last time you looked at your spouse and you're like, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for everything that God puts in our path. We have to be grateful through the way we worship, through the way we give. We have to be grateful for that. So the last one is we give as an act of worship because it's a test of your obedience. Proverbs 3, 9, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So when we talk about, when we talk about this and we, and we talk about being obedient, we're going to look at the entire the spectrum of worship. We're going to look at the way you worship through song, through music, through uh, just encounters that you have. Why is it that we struggle so much? in worship to be obedient? Why is it we struggle so much when, when God is pulling on your heart or putting those butterflies in your stomach, we try to push it down? Like, nope, that's not for me. Nope, that's, you, you meant to strike the guy beside me, not me, right? But no, we're not obedient. We, 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 we just, we, we play like we can't hear and like, nope, God, that wasn't for me. That wasn't for me. We are called to be obedient, that is one of the keys to a healthy relationship with God is being obedient. If God calls you to do something, you better do it. You better listen for the instructions. Because Psalm says 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in, in it. That includes your worship. Everything in it is God's. And if God tells you to do something, you do it. And that's what the wise men did. Do you, do, do you really understand that the wise men were, they saw the, the star and 
and they felt God pulling on their hearts and, and, and telling them, you need to be obedient and you need to follow the star. And underneath it, you will find my son who was wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. That is probably one of the weirdest things that anybody could say to you, right? You're going to find a baby under a star and a, uh, who's a king who's going to be in a barn. Like they, me, I wouldn't have went. I'm like, you're crazy, God. That's, that sounds awful. But no, they said, you know what? You're right. You're right, God. That's where I need to go. That's where you're calling us to go. So we're going to go. The wise men were obedient. As weird as it sounded, they were obedient. So there's a story recently that uh, you could actually watch the newscast on, on uh, YouTube. And uh, there was a small commuter plane, and it was supposed to get from, from Oregon to Boston. And it was just a pile and a co-pile. And they're about uh, an hour into their journey, and, and they started to hear something in the back. They started to hear wind whipping, whipping through, and, and so the co-pilot uh, took over at the, at the uh, helm, and then um, the, the pilot went to find out what was going on, and then he walked back. He noticed that the door that they uh, came in through was not latched all the way, and so as soon as he found the door, they hit a pocket of air, and that door flew open, and the captain was sucked out. And so when the captain was uh, sucked out of the door, the, the, the blinking red light that shows that the door is open was, was blinking in the cockpit. So the, the, uh, the co-pilot uh, called in a mayday and saying, you know, we need, to, we need to land immediately. We just lost our pilot. He just got sucked out of the door. And so 200 miles an hour for, for two hours coming down from 4,000 feet, they finally landed. And when they landed, they found the pilot that got sucked out of the door hanging on for dear life to a ladder under the plane. If you watch the video and you listen to what the newscasters were saying, they said, he's safe, he's on the ground, he wasn't going to let go, and they they said they rushed to help him out, but it took him 20 minutes to pry his hands off of the ladder. (laughs) He was holding on for dear life. He, he, was, he, he took everything he had and grabbed a hold of that ladder. But he was safe. You are safe in worship if you're worshiping the one true God. You're safe. So why in the world would you hold on so tight? You're safe. Let go. Let go when you're in worship. Let go. I know a lot of times, like, well, I just feel weirder. It just doesn't make sense to me what God is trying to talk to me about or speak through me. It's just weird. We need to let go during worship and everything that we do in worship. Let go during a song. Let go during prayer time. Let go with, with um, things that, that God has called you to do that don't make any sense. Let go through, through your resources. Just let go because you are safe. So the second one is we, we give because it's an act of worship. Now, the second one is we give because it means something. The wise men brought gifts that meant something. They didn't just stop at a gas station and pick up just random things. Now, you won't believe this. I love gas station gifts. <laughs> I don't know why. I do. I have since I was a little boy. For one Christmas, I got one of those singing fish, you know. I'm so, nobody in first service really knew what that was. But I had one of those singing fish. My mom hated it, and it was gone by next Christmas. I don't know where it went, but uh, I think she had something to do with it. But, uh, but 
but no, I love gas station gifts. I do. I just think they're, they're just funny, you know? And, and uh, I, you know, when, I, when I'm gone, I want my kids to go through my stuff and be like, why does he have a singing fish? Like, I want that to be a topic of conversation. When, but uh, no, they did not stop at a gas station. They brought gifts that meant something to them. They brought gifts that, that when they looked at, it was a value. So we give because it means something to us. Now, I don't know if it's because of all the Hallmark movies I've been watching. Don't judge. I've been really emotional this Christmas season. Um, just a lot of things have came up, um, you know, with, with the, the people in my life that has passed over the past. I've been very emotional. And there's one song I cannot get through, and it's the Christmas shoes. I just can't get through it. And, and the movie, I usually watch it. And uh, you ask my wife, I've tried to get through it probably three times. I just can't do it. And if you don't know what the song in the movie is, spoiler, I'm going to tell you. So basically, it's a little boy. He's at a department store, and he's paying for these shoes. He's paying for these shoes that are women's shoes. So it doesn't make any sense to anybody else around why this little boy was going to buy these shoes. And he didn't have enough money, and so the man behind him uh, gave him money to, to, to buy these shoes. And he asked him, he said, why are you buying women's shoes? And he goes on, and, and uh, I'm going to read the lyrics to you. And he says, could you hurry, sir? Daddy said there's not much time. She's been sick for quite a while. I know these shoes will make her smile. I want her to look beautiful if mama meets Jesus tonight. The gift meant nothing to that cashier. The gift meant nothing to the man behind him. But the gift meant everything to that little boy. When we give, we have to give because it means something. It means something to us. When we look at the gifts that they brought, they brought gifts that, that truly meant something. The first one they brought was gold. Why does gold make sense? I, I, I had someone tell me, like, have you ever really looked at the gifts that the wise men brought? They make no sense why they would give those to a child. They're right. They're right. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Never found in Toys R Us, Right? It's, it's, they're not meant for a child, but we're going to find out what they were meant for. Gold. Why did they give it? Because it is a sign, a, a gift of gold identifies that Jesus Christ is king. That's why they gave him gold, because before he even could walk, before he could even talk, they gave him a gift of gold to, to show that it stands for this baby is the king. It meant something. That gift they gave, it meant something, and it meant everything. So let me ask you a question. Do you still identify Jesus as Christ the King in 2023? Do you still look at Jesus and see what he's doing and still call him King of Kings? Or maybe that's something that you just, it's not big up on your priority. Knowing that Jesus Christ is King of Kings means something, and it should mean something to you. So the first one was gold. And in 23, I, I believe we're struggling as a, as a body, not just a believer, but a body period that we are struggling to recognize that Jesus is King. We've been distracted. We've gotten lost. We've gotten offended. But most of, importantly, we have got off course. Jesus Christ is still King of Kings. Jesus Christ still died for you. He still loves you. 
And in 23, we've lost that. The gold was brought to show that we identified Jesus as king and is the same still in 23. The next gift was frankincense. Frankincense came from a tree, kind of like maple comes from a tree, uh, where you drill into it and you let it drip out. And then that's what frankincense was. So frankincense was, um, it had such a, a sweet scent. It had such a, just a elegant scent to it. And so they brought frankincense. And frankincense in scripture, it was a sign of holiness and righteousness. It meant something. They gave it to Jesus Christ because they knew that he was holy and he was righteous. It says in scripture in Hebrews, it says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. They gave because they saw the holiness and righteousness in Jesus Christ. Another tough question. Do you still see the holiness and righteousness in Jesus every day? Do you see the great things that he's doing? Do you see the, the mountains that he's moving? Do you have the faith in him like you used to? They brought frankincense because they knew that he was holy. And the last one is they identified Jesus through the myrrh that they brought. And myrrh was kind of the same style as frankincense. They, they got it and they would, they would uh, it was a liquid, but it smelled very good. And, but there were so many different uses for myrrh. So when the wise men brought this and they gave it to Jesus, they was used as anointing oil. Well, why'd they give it to Jesus? Because they saw the promise of the faith in Jesus Christ. It's also used to make medicine. Well, why'd they give it to Jesus if it's meant to make medicine? Because it showed that there is healing power in Jesus Christ. Ever since he was a baby, there is healing power. That's why they brought something that's used to make medication. The third one is it was used for beauty treatments. It was like a day at a spa in a bottle. They brought it because they saw that there is still beauty in the severe suffering of Jesus Christ. And the last use that they would use Frank and our myrrh for is embalming. And you're like, why in the world is, did they use it for embalming? Why does this signify? Why would they give this to Jesus? Because they saw the promise of eternity. These gifts make no sense to us, but they meant everything to those wise men. And they make every, they make every sense to Jesus. So when we're giving, we have to give what means something to us. We have to offer up something that means something to us. Not just give the stuff that we don't want. We have to offer up what means the most to us. And the last one, why, we, why do we give? Why do we give as well as we do, as well as you guys do? Because God gave first. Christmas would not be here without a gift, and that gift was Jesus Christ. The beginning of creation would have never happened without the gift of light, the gift of life. The beginning of your marriage would never happen except for the gift of love. The beginning of your restoration from whatever addiction whatever sin that has been holding you captive for very long, that could not have started without the gift of restoration, the gift of a second chance. So why do we give? Simply this Christmas season we give because God gave way before we did. God has given you everything that he has that meant 
and mean something to him. And that is, son, that is his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We give because God gave first. So that's my challenge to you this week is as you go through this Christmas season and you look at the story of the wise men, which we're going to get a little deeper into it next week. But when you look at the story to the wise men, why did they travel to the lengths that they did? Because it meant something. Why did they go through the conditions that they did? Because it meant something. Why did they give up their time, their, their, give up their relationships? Why did they give up their uh, comforts of home? Because it meant something. Does Jesus still mean something to you? I pray that it does. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, as we come to this moment, as we come into this time of response, God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the greatest gift. And God, I will just, God, we just want Jesus to mean the same to us as he did the first day that we became believers. God, I know we get distracted. I know we get sidetracked. A lot of, a lot of times we get frustrated. But God, we know that Jesus is the greatest gift that any of us could have ever received. God, I know a lot of times during worship, no matter what type it is, we struggle to let go. I know many people struggle to let go during their prayer time. God, I know a lot of people struggle to let go with their finances, let God take control of them. I know a lot of people, can, they, they struggle with letting go, letting go with their relationships and be like, God, all right, you take control. God, my prayer is that we stop holding on so tight to whatever we're holding on to and that we just let go. We're safe now. God, that's my prayer today. In your name, amen. So the way we do response here is, I usually fly through and I'm not going to do that anymore. If you do not know who Jesus Christ is, if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, if, if you've never um, asked him to, to be the, the savior in your life, I would love to have that conversation with you. And I'll be right down here. Come and I'll lead you. I'll lead you in the prayer. Because there is no greater gift than Jesus Christ and we need to utilize that and we, we need to embrace it. If you want to pray by yourself and maybe you're struggling to let go during worship and, and you just don't know if you can let go in front of people yet, that's fine. Right here. You and God. I love my alone time with God. Especially on journeys. So that's our response today, but most importantly, it's this. We need to just let go. We're on a journey that God has put us on. Let's find joy in that. Let's stand.